Greetings, ladies, greetings. This is Kim Seymour from Inspired Serenity by Kim Seymour. And today is April 7th, 2019. And today I wanted to bring you this special podcast on a very special topic. And this topic is something that is circulating in our society, in relationships, and that is the topic of intimate partner violence, um, domestic abuse, teen dating violence, relationship abuse, whatever um, term that you want to put to it, it is about that violence or abuse that happens within an intimate relationship. And so today we're going to talk about understanding a little bit more about that and what we can do as individuals to support those that we may know or those that we may come across that are involved in this type of relationship. So again, this Sunday, April 7th is a very special podcast dedicated specifically to this topic. So the interesting thing, I've been doing a lot of research on this topic, and one of the interesting things that I found out about intimate partner abuse is that we wonder how and why women, young ladies, remain in these types of relationships. And when we ask that question, we tend to begin to think of different reasons that they stay or they don't have anywhere to go or they're still in love or the children or, you know, those obvious things that we think about that would keep a woman engulfed um, in this type of relationship. And so the interesting thing that I learned through the research is that there are so many societal norms and societal um, ways that we are engulfed in that have us performing our lives, walking through our lives in a certain way. And this includes remaining in these types of harmful relationships. How could that be so? Well, think about your upbringing and where you came from. And it depends on your culture, of course. But what kind of things were taught to you about marriage and about relationships? Did you learn that you always remain in a marriage regardless of what the situation is? Did you learn that you always work through it, that there is always a way to get through the circumstances that you are in? Does your culture or your environment say to you that once you get into a marriage, you must remain? Is your culture very supportive of male dominance? Does your culture support the male being the dominant party and however that male has to um, assert himself in that relationship is okay. Is that what your culture says? So it's very interesting because we have many cultures, many different cultures in our world, and there are many different perceptions of what a relationship would look, should look like and how that relationship should function. And Within those different cultures, women have to conform to what that standard status quo is. And that could just be that societal norm that stays there in the back of their minds as they go forward in this type of relationship. So, you know, different things. What are the male roles? If, if the male is the dominant figure, then the female may feel that they are 
the less dominant figure, the submissive one. And so is there perception that I must do what he says, um, regardless of how he says it, or regardless of the physical attack? Am I still supposed to do what he says because the male is the dominant one? And, and, and we can even look from the perspective of religion. Do we take the male dominance perception that often comes from religious aspects? And do we see that whatever that male says or however he performs in the relationship is what I have to take or accept? And so you may you may look at certain norms and cultures and religious beliefs and think, well, that's not necessarily how it's seen, but it's about perception. It is about those thoughts that we take into our minds and we take with us as we operate and go through our daily lives and as we get involved in various relationships. And there are also some different things that um, in the research, it shows that a lot of women stay because they have issues with immigration status. And so they don't see that they have any other options. So, again, that is something that society has put into place. And even though it is not to keep a woman in an abusive relationship, it certainly limits what she can do due to that status. And then we think of the perspective of law enforcement. And so in different cultures, different states, different cities, different countries, law enforcement may have a very different perspective of hand, how to handle domestic violence disputes. In some cultures, it may be handled quickly. They may come and intervene. But in some cultures, in some societies, some countries, they may step back and just take the perspective that this is something that happens within the home. This is between the family and they must they must work through that. So in some cases, law enforcement may take a step back. So this is a societal pattern that often supports the environment of domestic abuse if they choose to take a step back. And then, of course, there is that stigma stigmatization that women do not want. They don't want to be stigmatized. They don't want to have that stigma of you left your marriage. You were in a relationship and you caused it. What kind of things did you do? It's not just him. And that's that stigma that surrounds that, that some women just would rather be without. So before we get into the idea of thinking why women stay and, and sometimes thinking that, you know what, they can just walk away. What are they staying there for? You, you have to think from the perspective of the environment and society and these norms that we have in place. And again, it's not every society. Every community does not have the same type of norms. Every culture is not the same. Every country is not the same. But based on where you come from, your upbringing and the society, the culture that you are enmeshed in, those beliefs can play a part of why you remain in this type of relationship. So that was very interesting research. And I would like to challenge you before you pass judgment on why women stay. Think of those things that are ingrained and that are, are kind of a sort of this subconscious thought of why I'm still here. 
The next thing that I want to look at is the perception. So there are two ways that women that are in abusive relationships are seen. And, And one of the ways that they are seen is they are an unwilling participant in this relationship. That means that there, there may be a fear and they can't leave. Um, they may have children and, and they can't leave. There, there are some things that may keep them there. And, and therefore, they are seen as an unwilling participant. They're there by force. They're there by fear. And they're there because if they leave, there may be something that can happen, something drastic um, as, an, as a part of that. So they're unwilling, but they're there. And then you have this perception of women that remain and women that are in abusive relationships. And there is this blame worthy label. What is the blame worthy label? What the blame worthy label is, is if you look at a woman in abusive relationship and you determine from your perception that she she has the freedom to leave. She does not have to remain. She can take care of herself She has money. She has a place to go, but she remains there. And this is what is termed as a blameworthy woman in this type of relationship. And so we get into this labeling, whether they are an unwilling participant or a blameworthy participant. And and when we begin to see things in that way, we begin to look at the organizations that are supporting these women. And you may have organizations that are supporting all types of women, women who come and say, I'm in an abusive relationship. Can you help me? But as you think about funding and as we think about location, as we think about resources and lodging and and how many beds that we have and and how many children that they may have, we begin to think about as organizations Who can we serve? How many can we take? And so when we have to think about funding, what the government is funding and the grants that we have and the space that we have, there may be this idea that we have to look at. Is this a blameworthy woman? Does she have a place to go? Does she have finances? Can she leave when she want to? Or is this an unwilling participant that is struggling to leave because there may be a fear factor there? And so as we're helping women in these situations, we may tend to turn the blameworthy woman away and accept the woman that is an unwillful participant. And so I'm not characterizing any organization, but this is coming from research that this may have to be how some of these organizations help different women. They may have to classify. They may have to put into certain context so that they can support maybe the woman that is most in need. And again, it's perception. But this is what we are are left with when we look at funding and we look at support. So again, we're still looking at the environment and society and how we have decided to support women who are in this situation, regardless of if they're blameworthy or regardless of if they're unwilling participants. So then we look at 
the, the, the common things of, of those things that come to mind when we think about why women remain. So research also says that there are factors such as finances, children, fear of what will happen if they leave, and do they have a home to go to? These are some of the common things that we look at when we're trying to decide why women stay. 